Sometimes I wonder if this heart is in it. So much like your father. Mmm. The fondness in her face. It's like she wants to mm. see Anakin again. Yeah. Seeing that in that creepy CGI face, there's an yes. affection what there of an old friend lost. <laughs> you know, for a minute I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. That's... Now, are you getting some like romantic vibes from Luke here? Like, yeah. Teacher. The way she looked at him, she was like, there's a lot. There's a lot about your father I miss. May the force be with you. And when will we see Ahsoka again? Sooner, later, eventually, because there's money to be made. That's right. Get that money, honey. Welcome back to New Rockstars. While we wait for Obi-Wan Kenobi to premiere production for Ahsoka, it's currently underway, setting up Star Wars Celebration at the end of May that will likely drop major reveals about Obi-Wan and Ahsoka, as well as Andor, Mandalorian Season 3, maybe even Star Wars movies being a thing again. But across all of these titles, it's certain to be a live action reunion between Ahsoka and Anakin Skywalker, with Rosario Dawson and Hayden Christensen sharing the screen together. What second look like and will we have to wait for the Ahsoka series to revisit those Clone Wars era flashbacks or could we see Ahsoka again as soon as Kenobi? Kenobi? This is Wookiee Leaks it's our weekly reaction to the latest in Star Wars I'm here with Tommy Bechtold. Tommy how you oh, doing? Baby so good the force is strong with me this week the force is powerful with me this week celebration at the end of May can't come soon enough. I don't know if I'm going. Sometimes I go, sometimes I don't. It's probably sold out. Where is it this year? Anaheim, I Chicago? I believe it's Anaheim. Oh. I may be wrong. Anaheim, about nice. I went to it in London once, and let me tell you, Ooh. it was a lot of fun. It was crazy. I got to see Anthony Daniels, Carrie Fisher. Wow. Uh, Mark Hamill was there. It was, oh, it was unbelievable. But That's really cool. I hope this year's celebration will give us much cause to celebrate on this show because it'll be littered with news. Juicy news items. I'm super pumped, honestly, for this. Like, I, maybe we'll finally get some information about when Rogue Squadron is dropping. Giancarlo Esposito, while promoting Better Call Saul this week, said that we might even see Mandalorian Season 3 this summer, which would be crazy because Bad Batch is coming in August. So when this summer or when we would we see it? I Maybe he means, like, a trailer this summer. I guess we'll find out. Um, or maybe he's wrong. He doesn't know. He's not in the editing booth for that show. He's got a dozen projects he's working on. I mean, he might be. He's a really talented person. <laughs> he is. Who am I to say? <laughs> this guy could be. He's like, and cut here. And cut there. Yeah, uh, cut yes. Um, export now. Oh, we rendered the wrong file. He just, refers, he just refers to every editor as Mr. White in a really menacing tone. All right, Mr. White. Do exactly as I tell you. <laughs> And while we're in uh, Eric and Tommy's uh, We're Actually Human Beings corner here, uh, I just want to thank everyone in the Bay Area for coming to see my uh, first improv show in like two years at Endgame's Improv at Stageworks Theater in The Mission. That was so kind of you. I did not think we would get that big of a turnout, but you guys showed up in full force and were so sweet afterwards. It was such a pleasure meeting all of you. By the way, I think my first show is going to be May 14th. That's a Saturday at 9 p.m. Uh, first show with the new cast called, uh, well, for here, Censored, Your Effed Up Relationship. It's kind of like their marquee show. I'm so excited to be joining that group. Uh, I think you will all love it. Well, they're lucky to have you, Eric. I'm lucky to have them, to be honest. These folks are so funny. Like, 
We'll have to get the southern office up north for or up central California for for a viewing of your show one of these days. Uh, in our bay, in our bay, yes. we're anyway. gonna go to the bay. We own the bay. <laughs> no one owns the bay. Maybe Elon no. does, but he's spending his he money on Twitter. So he owns Twitter now. Yeah, he owns Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's dive into Ahsoka. So Ahsoka Tano has shared many moments with her former master over the years throughout the Clone Wars, locking sabers with him as Darth Vader during the Rebels era, as we saw in one of the best episodes of that series. But today we're going to talk about where we will see Ahsoka in live action next. What new elements of her relationship with Anakin will be revealed uh, throughout these upcoming titles? Before we get into that, though, time is running out to grab yourself the Moon Knight latest obsession shirt from New Rockstars. It's called Tomb of the Moon God. And buying it not only directly supports us here at New Rockstars, but it also unlocks the ability to get a special shout out in our weekly Inside Marvel after shows for Moon Knight. So you got to get it before it sells out over at NewRockstarsMerch.com. All right, Tommy, our big Ahsoka question this week. What is it? You know what? I'm going to go throw back. Every once in a while, a question uh, comes along on this show that makes me go back to the book of Boba Fett. And I like to just frame it under those questions, the way we used to ask that. So I'm going to ask you today, Eric, when the Fett will we see Ahsoka and Anakin together in live action? Great question, Tommy. And I love how we asked what the Fett when, like, the, the biggest implication episodes of that had, didn't really have anything to do with Boba Fett. But no, we, we're going to yeah. ask it because we don't yeah. care. Uh, That's right. It's fun to ask it that it's way. It's fun to say, and it's fun to <laughs> yeah. hear. It's fun to it listen. feels naughty, but it's not. <laughs> well, Obi-Wan Kenobi's first two episodes are dropping on May 27th, and with Hayden Christensen returning to play Darth Vader on the series, we have wondered why they're bringing back the actor to play the character in the era when he's almost always seen in his mask, unless the Kenobi series will flash back to Anakin's Clone Wars days, the time when he spent many of those days with Ahsoka Tano. Uh, now, uh, we know for sure that Rosario Dawson and Hayden Christensen will appear in at least one Star Wars series together because production for Ahsoka is scheduled to really uh, kick into gear this month. There are reports that Peter Ramsey is going to be directing one of these episodes. And they've started to announce the cast. I don't think this has been officially confirmed, but it sounds like we're going to have, along with Rosario Dawson, a cast that also includes Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Hayden Christensen reprising his role as Anakin Skywalker on the Ahsoka series, uh, Natasha Leo Bordizo as Sabine Wren, and uh, Ukrainian actress Ivana Sh uh, Sakno, and then Ray Stevenson, who's reportedly playing the villain. Now, you may remember, Ray Stevenson voiced Gar Saxon on Rebels and in Clone Wars, Gar Saxon being the Mandalorian commander of Maul's Shadow Collective, later served as a governor of Mandalore during the Empire reign and sort of the Emperor's hand. Now, Gar Saxon died in the year 2 BBY, a duel with Sabine Wren on Cronus. Um, you know, that character died, but Stevenson could play him in flashback, or he could play his brother, Tiber Saxon, who came back in the next season of Rebels, or he could play in the way that, like, John Favreau voiced Previsla as well as Paz Vizla. Uh, he could play, um, Stevenson could play one of the descendants. So, like, everyone in House Saxon is voiced by this actor. I guess we'll see. I mean, it just as easily could just flash back to the Clone Wars era. It'd just be interesting because they've also said that this show is going to be in the Mandalorian timeline, which be, you know, years, uh, decades, maybe in some case, after... Uh, well, no, it would just be like, what, 15 years or so after the, the Rebels era, but but still, that also poses like this weirdness for Rosario Dawson, if she's going to be playing like her younger self, or if they'll bring in a younger actor to play her, but at the time of the end of the Clone Wars, and, and certainly during the Rebels era, she was already an adult, so it would just be like an adult who's like 15 years younger than Rosario Dawson is, 
So it would yeah, but just... she's pretty ageless. So I don't. Right. She's pretty ageless. She she looks well younger than her years, and especially they have her in her uh, Tugreta uh, headpiece. Like they could certainly get away with it. I think. Now, actually, a few months back, a rumored production listing came out with a plot summary for Ahsoka. It said it's a Star Wars spinoff series set within the timeline of the Mandalorian. So they said that. Uh, they say Ahsoka Tano is a Togreta female who was the Padawan learner to Anakin Skywalker and a hero of the Clone Wars. Alongside Anakin, she grew from headstrong student into a mature leader. But her destiny laid along a different path in the Jedi. Ahsoka is on the hunt for the evil Grand Admiral Thrawn in the hope that it will help her locate the missing Ezra Bridger, the young Jedi that disappeared with Thrawn many years ago. And they say that season three of The Mandalorian wraps March 23rd, 2022. Now that was back before, you know, they didn't know when exactly they were going to start shooting. Now, um, sounds like Thrawn is going to be the villain of the series. So I don't know if Ray Stevenson is going to be playing Thrawn. I think he's just going to be playing, you know, a member of House Saxon, maybe someone who serves Thrawn is what that means. And they haven't announced yet who Thrawn is going to be played by. Although, who knows? Like, Lucasfilm loves to reuse voice actors and cast them in different roles. It's just in this case, I, I, I don't know if, uh, like, a lot of people are pushing that um, they wanted to see uh, Lars Mikkelsen do Thrawn. Uh, a lot of people push for Benedict Cumberbatch. I think he'd be a great Thrawn. I just, I, 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 I don't need to see him as major roles in multiple things, right? Um, yeah, spread but, the love. Spread the love. Now, uh, if we have to wait for Ahsoka to reunite with Anakin in the Ahsoka series, then it's probably going to be a Clone Wars flashback, since obviously in the Mandalorian timeline, after the Galactic Civil War, Darth Vader's dead. But if Rosario Dawson shows up in Kenobi, we actually have some other options, because, you know, one could just be also a Clone Wars flashback, but another could be a moment maybe in which Ahsoka and Vader either cross paths or nearly come to crossing paths during the same time as Obi-Wan Kenobi's looking after Luke, which would be the era in Ahsoka's history where she was a fulcrum agent in the, you know, for the Rebels, where she was sharing some intel. We learned about uh, the way this started in the Ahsoka novel, uh, and it explores her journey from the end of the Clone Wars uh, to when she reappears in Rebels, how at uh, Bail Organa's bequest she adopts that role as the Rebel agent, the spy, fulcrum, uh, sending this coded intel to the separated and scattered Rebel factions. But around the time of Kenobi and 9 BBY, that would be about four years before Ahsoka reappears uh, in the animated series Rebels, and we don't know a ton about where Ahsoka was exactly during those years. So there is kind of this gap period where they can fill it in with more stories if they want to. Now, the season two finale of Rebels shows Vader reuniting with Ahsoka on Malachor. That was when Ezra and Kanan and Ahsoka were, were ended up in this Inquisitor trap. Uh, and they run into Maul. It's such a crazy two-part episode, uh, but I love it. They, they end up having to steal this holocron from the Sith Temple. Uh, Vader uh, runs back into Ahsoka. It's such a dramatic moment. Now, this is before we saw uh, Clone Wars Season 7. So we didn't know how they were going to wrap up their story. We just knew that, like, they had Clone Wars Season 5 that ended with, like, you know, uh, Ahsoka parting ways with the Jedi Temple. And then you had these season six episodes that were kind of these unfinished arcs uh, that didn't really explore what happened to Ahsoka after that. So uh, this was like the next moment. We were so excited to see these two again. And uh, Vader's like, it was foretold that you would be here. And Ahsoka to told him that like, oh, you, you killed my friend Anakin. You killed that Anakin identity. Well, I will avenge him. 
And then he's like, revenge isn't the Jedi way. And she's like, I am no Jedi. And it was so cool, so cool that it was a little weird later to see her in The Mandalorian where the episode was called The Jedi, but maybe it was referring to mm -hmm. Grogu, not her, but we don't really know. Maybe that's just a question of what it means to be a Jedi. Um, but this fight is awesome. She cuts open Vader's mask and he, she hears his voice and he's like, Ahsoka. In a moment, those two, eye to eye, reconnected. And then she's like, I won't leave you, not this time. And he's like, then you will die. And then they they lock you know, blades again. The episode ends with him like stumbling away from the battle. They're separated, but like her her bird, her bird is there and flies into the smoke. Uh, so they're both there. It's just a heartbreaking reunion. So we, I won't leave you not like last time. Could refer to a lot of things because like. It's, I don't know, watching that final season of Clone Wars, I don't really know what this moment was where she left him. I think the writing of that moment referred to how she left the Jedi Order at the end of Clone Wars season five, you know, like she turned her back on him. But like there were other moments between them after that, uh, that was filled in by the final season of Clone Wars. So I want to know, like, could there be another moment where these two cross paths? Uh, they could certainly fill that in. If they're doing this with Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, this little duel between them we didn't know existed. There could be another moment between Ahsoka and Vader, and that could explain how Ahsoka knew that it was Anakin under the Vader helmet. Because not everyone right. in the Star Wars universe realizes that they're the same person. Like, right, a lot of people right. think that Anakin Skywalker died. Is, uh, yeah, is actually dead. Yeah. Right. So for right. Ahsoka to know that, now you could say through the Force, through her connections with uh, Bail Organa and Yoda, there's, there's all kinds of ways that she could know this. But I think there's there's just a little moment where you could see that realization. It'd be a fun thing to explore in live action. So, Tommy, I've been talking a long time. I want to know from you, which Vader and Ahsoka encounter do you think would be more powerful to see in live action? A duel during the Galactic Civil War when Ahsoka was Fulcrum? Or a flashback to their friendlier Clone Wars adventures? And no Vader mask at all. I, you know, I think a duel is going to be more exciting to see on screen, right? Like a flashback will be, we could maybe, it, it might trigger an emotional reaction from the viewers, but like watching them go at it, although we did already have that great duel between them, so it's kind of maybe a little anticlimactic to have them fight again. I, I would say, you know, the most, the thing I would actually look the most forward to would be, in the Mandal if they if for them to meet with Anakin as a force ghost in the Mandalorian timeline. You know what I mean? Like to like have Anakin return and kind of have them almost make amends. I know I just said it, that that wouldn't be as exciting, but like I would genuinely enjoy hating Christensen uh you know as Anakin like being like maybe Ahsoka is finding her faith tested again and finding her resolution tested again and he, and he feels that compelled to appear before her and be like, I have made every mistake you could possibly make in this path. Don't go down. Don't let your anger consume you. You know, that type of thing. But if we're going just for a straight answer to the question you asked, I want to see him lock swords. I want to see him lock lightsabers. I don't know, I want to see him fight. I don't want to see her cut the mask again. I want him to threaten each other. And then, you know, I want... Uh, I want neither of them to die because I don't want anyone to ever die. I want everyone to live forever and the, and, and the whole galaxy to be overcrowded with life beings uh, just uh, eating and crapping everywhere. <laughs> and that's when you need a Thanos. I think yeah. <laughs> uh, you brought up <laughs> That's why they call me the reverse Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> you brought up an interesting distinction, uh, Tommy, 
between like what would be more exciting. To me, I think with when it comes to Hayden Christensen, Rosario Dawson, and these characters that they're playing, I don't need exciting. I think I need impactful. I think I need catharsis. I think I need a, a conversation to happen. Um, and I think there are plenty of other places for uh, thrilling sword fights to happen um, between the Inquisitors and and these other characters. That's where like the flashing blades is going to be more fun. Um, but between these two, like I, I kind of want uh, I want this show or mo- all of these shows to give Hayden Christensen the opportunity to show that he actually is a much better actor than he was given credit for in those prequels. Uh, and Rosario Dawson's a very good actor. What if she shows up in Kenobi and the Inquisitor is about to like strike her and Vader goes like, <clears throat> and stops the, like has a momentary lapse in conscious and like stops the Inquisitor from like killing her. Yeah. And then, and then immediately is like, no, I'm Darth Vader now. I have to, I should kill her. Ah, ah put me in my back to tank. Ah, don't look at me. <laughs> Short circuiting from his human tears going into his robot body. <laughs> That's exactly That's... what's going to happen. I mean, yeah. that'd be fascinating. Would Vader turn on an Inquisitor to, to save Ahsoka or to spare Ahsoka? Yeah. Or would Anakin... Anakin pulling the last little Anakin-ness in Vader uh, and showing a little Anakindness, if you will. Anakindness. I think... Put it on a shirt, epic hero Put merch. it on a shirt. Slap that shit Red, on a shirt. Random acts of Anakindness. <laughs> I think that um, if that happens in Obi-Wan Kenobi, that'd be such a powerful moment between Vader and Ahsoka that I'd be like, why is this show called Obi-Wan Kenobi? Why do they title any of these shows? Why don't they just call it Star Wars? I know. I just, you know me, I can't help but write a little fan fiction. But no, I want to see it. I think set up that moment to happen, and then we could see it in a flashback in the Ahsoka series, you know? I think I, I'd love to see Ahsoka show up in Kenobi just to kind of set up that there's more to learn about their relationship from whatever era. Just pepper her in. She's great. Like, she's getting her own show, but we want to see her in everything because we like her character. Yeah, and I like Rosario Dawson, so... Now, Tommy and I are going to talk about, uh, have a little debate on what might be the most overrated and the most underrated Star Wars title. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. But before we do that, we want to thank some friends who helped us make this episode. Thank you to MeUndies for sponsoring this episode of WikiLeaks. Our friends at MeUndies have a new Star Wars collaboration that we are so excited about here at WikiLeaks. They're back with two new limited edition prints, Lightspeed and Rebel Squadron. You can get a matching pair for your favorite person or you can fly solo and just get a pair for yourself. You can get these prints in socks, loungewear, dog hoodies, and all matter of underwear from boxers to briefs to boxer briefs and in sizes from extra small to 4XL. They've got other great collaborations available from The Simpsons, Game of Thrones, Batman, and other properties. Or just get some black and white ones if you're not into the fancy patterns, but just want to enjoy their insanely comfortable undies. Truly, me undies are the most comfortable in the world. These bad boys will live at the top of your stack of clean clothes because they'll be the first ones you want to put on. MeUndies has a great offer for my listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off and undies shipped right to your door. To get 15% off your first order and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash Wookie, W-O-O-K-I-E, just one E in this code. 
That's MeUndies.com slash Wookiee. Eric, you know me. I never ask for uh, for anything from our sponsors except for Blue Chew, which I need for medical reasons. It keeps <laughs> my heart beating. But I got to get some of those Rogue Squadron MeUndies. If you're listening, MeUndies, I'll, I'll model them on Instagram for you. Uh, Tommy, <laughs> you uh, taking Blue Chew gets my heart pumping. Right. It's <laughs> the only thing. Uh, all right. The only thing that works for me <laughs> is you taking Blue Chew. <laughs> Oh, that's why we get along so well. <laughs> we're linked. They we're are linked. a dyad. One we are a dyad. I was just about other. to say we're a dyad. <laughs> All right. We also want to thank Raycon for sponsoring this episode. If you're looking to shake things up this year, maybe exercise more, maybe get out of the house more, there's no better way to do it than with a pair of Raycon wireless earbuds in your ears. Raycon wireless earbuds are the best way to bring audio with you because no matter how much you shake things up, literally, no matter how much you shake, you know that they will not fall out of your ears. Their everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. There's also awareness mode for when you need to listen to your surroundings so that you can take Raycons with you wherever you go with optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit. These earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge. There's nothing worse than being really into a song or a podcast and it just cuts out at the worst moment because your earbud just fell out. Well, with Raycons, you don't have to worry about that. Raycons offer eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. And they're priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 48,000 five-star reviews. Right now, the WookieLeaks audience can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash Wookie. That's buyraycon.com slash Wookie with two E's to save 15% off on Raycon's buyraycon.com slash Wookie. Uh, all right, Tommy. So this week, or last week really, the director of Guardians of the Galaxy, the Suicide Squad peacemaker, James Gunn, tweeted, quote, I don't know why Rogue One is trending, but I'm glad it is as it... It's the most underrated Star Wars anything. Uh, and I love that he said that because I love Rogue One. I do believe it is underrated. Though, like all Star Wars titles, it has found more love in more in recent years. After yeah. like Rise of Skywalker has come out, everyone has gone back to Rogue One and said, this movie is actually amazing. So I don't know mm-hmm. if it is truly underrated anymore, but from James Gunn's point of view, it certainly is. And I think to a lot of people's point of view, it might be the most underrated. But I wanted us to talk about this, Tommy. I want us to make a case for what we think is the most underrated and the most overrated Star Wars mm. title. You want to go first? Uh, well, I, you know, if we're talking about underrated first, I mean, it has become in later years the most beloved of the prequels. But Revenge of the Sith, I think objectively, is a good movie. And I think it got lumped in in the fun of mocking the prequels at the time. And just in general, the age that, like, the, if you think about the timeline of it, the people that saw the a new trilogy as children, as like age seven to 15, were becoming like 35 to 40 year olds when the prequels came out and like just mastering the internet. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, like just. They were, they were like in that generation of tech savvy people and they just tore it apart online. Uh-huh. And I, I think Revenge of the Sith is objectively from start to finish a pretty good movie and has a very exciting conclusion that is upsetting and, you know, like, like it, 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 it adequately and satisfyingly explains Anakin's transformation into Darth Vader. And, and it's hard to watch if you're a fan and you know Luke and Leia, if you're like, you know, if you love the original movies and you see you know who Luke and Leia are, you're like, oh, God, this man is could have been their father. Like, you know, it, it's hard not to, like, humanize it and put it on Earth, you know, in, in, in earthly familial relations, uh, uh, relationships, as uh, you know, as it were. But uh, 
So I don't, I mean, I think that that's always one that is, is, is underrated. Agreed. You know, I'm trying to think of a more like sexy pick. There were parts, I mean, I felt like Solo because of the director change got mm-hmm. really unfairly maligned and mm-hmm. kind of got the treatment of like, this movie is going to suck no matter what. I don't think it ever got a fair chance to be yeah. properly rated, but there were a lot of things about that movie that I enjoyed as well. And a lot of characters introduced that I enjoyed, but, uh. You know, so I guess I'll just throw that one in there as a rogue, rogue yeah. underrated. I think um, I think you make some good points, Tommy. I agree. I think Revenge of the Sith is is really great. Definitely the the best of the of the prequels, and I think all the prequels over the years have been unfairly maligned and maybe unfairly praised. I think people, yes. thanks to Clone Wars, kind of just like overlook some of the glaring yeah, plot could... issues. Of, it, it like filled in some great. It did like some great uh, remodeling work to the overall right. uh, prequels mansion. Like they brought in a master contractor with the animated shows. Right, and that's like, the, exactly. And I think that kind of skews a lot of people's perceptions of the franchise mm-hmm. as a whole. Like they don't necessarily judge the movie as it was the the two to two and a half hour experience. They they judge the way they feel about these characters in this era, which is totally fine. I'd much rather people have positive opinion opinions and positive associations with these yeah. things. Uh, because there's so much craft that goes into them. So why not? I will never fault anyone for having a, a positive opinion about the prequels uh, or any era of Star Wars. So that leads yeah. me to my pick for what I think might be the most underrated. Because I, I don't think I've heard anyone on Twitter say anything nice about this movie uh, in a while. And maybe we're just in this cycle of the backlash versus the backlash to the backlash to the backlash. But I'm going to, for my underrated pick, I think Rogue One is properly rated right now. I think most of the yeah. movies pre-2016 are like properly properly rated. Mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. I'm going to say most underrated, hot take, Rise of Skywalker, episode nine. Yeah. Now, now, I do sure. not think this is a great movie by any means. I don't want anyone to think I'm, I'm uh, uh, praising this movie or putting it on any pedestal. I understand it is a flawed movie with many, many problems. And, uh, but I think, it is maligned because it is emblematic of many people's problems with the sequel trilogy that are not necessarily this movie's fault. Now, you could blame J.J. Uh, Abrams for them, but J.J. Uh, Abrams, he has said that he had some pitches, he had some concept art of a different movie, so I don't know who he can really blame. I don't know if he can blame mm-hmm. Kathleen Kennedy or George Lucas or anyone at Disney or Lucasfilm for this. Like, this is just, they gave what they thought audiences wanted, uh, and it was a mess. The lines like, Palpatine returns somehow, uh, cloning, were ridiculous. Uh, The fact that Palpatine returned at all is insane. However, I believe this is a beautiful film to look at, and has some of the most gorgeous production design, and has some truly beautiful moments between characters. Uh, what the way they resurrected Carrie Fisher visually on screen, I'm not a fan of. Uh, no, but they were really. able to achieve some beautiful moments of catharsis between these characters that I did not think they would ever be able to do. Yeah. Exegol is one of my favorite Star Wars locations. The Sith Temple Absolutely. looks terrifying. The way they made Palpatine look in that movie was chilling. And I think a lot of people were like, well, it's Star Wars. They're always going to look pretty, but that's not a big deal. It's like, it is a big deal when a movie looks beautiful. It is a big beautiful. deal. My God, that's you know how like hard assuming, it is to do that? That's like assuming if you never clean your house and it's a $3 million, you know, California McMansion, 
if you never clean it, never tend the garden, well, it's a $3 million house, it's always going to look awesome. It's like, yeah, no. No, 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 no. No, I, you have to work on it to make it look good still. Right, so I, I know it's a flawed work. movie. I just think people say that there's nothing good about that movie, and I think people just pile all their hate on it, and I just don't agree with that. I think there's a lot of craft that went into I, it. I can go on all of those journeys with you and agree. The only thing that was unforgivable to, for me, and I'm so glad that it happened, but I'm so mad at the way they executed it, was like, Chewie was on another transporter. Yeah, super dumb. That was super <laughs> like, dumb. No, he wasn't. I agree. That, that was um, I mean, the, the Goonies lining up with the dagger on the coastline, stupid. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of dumb shit in that movie. But yeah. I think it's just, it's not like a 0% Rotten Tomatoes movie. And then everyone treats it as if it's like the worst Star Wars movie that we need to erase from existence. I just think that's insane. I don't think I it is that bad. I agree. All the so weird, whiny underrated. boy fan petitions to like yeah. redo the, the, the new trilogy. I'm like, no there's, no, there's no, there's no need to do that. Those movies exist. And there are certainly things that you and I both are like, wow, I wish they would have done the other thing. But it's not like I watched them and was like, my eyes. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, I'm, I, I, I'm no longer interested in being in the entertainment industry after seeing that. It's like, no. There's things I disagree with, and there are things that I genuinely enjoyed, and they are beautiful. She does a backflip over a TIE fighter at one point. Like, come on. <laughs> I mean, that That's was awesome. cool. I thought that, I that looked that. sick. I love that. Me too. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> yeah. Those are the visuals that I'm like, that's yeah. awesome. I don't care. I don't care if it's like a little bit, you know, ham-fisted or whatever. Like, that's fine for me. And you know what? They brought Lando I back. think part of being a fan of something is accepting when episodes and installments of movies come out that were not yes. good in your eyes. If you're a Simpsons you fan, you have to readily admit that after all these years, 33 years on the air, there are some clunkers of Simpsons episodes. That doesn't yeah. take away from the amazing ones. There are whole seasons of The Simpsons that are kind of like, eh. This yeah. one, this season, they kind of got on a weird agenda and like whatever. And it's like, that doesn't make, I know it's apples and oranges, but like, it doesn't make the show holistically a bad thing or like. Right. It, it doesn't you know. ruin the, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so let's yeah. move on to what we might, it's going to be, you know, more controversial takes here. What we think might be overrated Star Wars titles. You know, I think as time goes on, and this is kind of a, maybe a direct contradiction to what we had just said, I think Force Awakens to me has become one of the most overrated because when it came out, all of the hype, all of everybody coming back and all of the returning familiar faces and what we were going to get and even what was promised in that movie or at least set up in that movie, not being delivered on in any way and like the... You know, South Park did a great job of kind of calling out the fact that it's basically they just remade A New Hope. And I don't think that that's mm -hmm. necessarily fair or true, but there mm -hmm. certainly are some close parallels. You know, mm -hmm. someone, a poor, you know, kind of just scavenger trying to get off of their home planet for something greater in the galaxy, obviously. But I think that might have been intentional, you know, like mm -hmm. it might have been a, I'm sure, I'm sure it was intentional. Like, oh, we're closing a loop or we're, we're you know, they're supposed to be bookends. But... I just think as time goes on, even though I love watching that movie in terms of the fanfare and like how people were like, Star Wars is back, baby. It's a joyride from start to finish. I watch it and I'm like, it's great. I still like it, but it's not maybe the masterpiece that I acted like on December 15th, 20, whatever, 15, 17 or whatever year it was that it came out. Yeah. It's not, maybe not as great as I thought. I think over time that one has, the rating has gone down for me. Yes. And I 100% agree with you, Tommy. I think this movie, uh, the, the stuff that Rise of Skywalker was blamed for really should be blamed on The Force Awakens, I think. Uh, yeah. And the fact that we all loved it coming out, I just think now, in the years since The Force Awakens, 
you know, the Star Wars fan base has come to understand that this is not uh, what they thought it was. So in my opinion, at right. least, it's now started to be properly rated. Like most people, a lot of yeah. people are now like starting to, to chip away at uh, its perfection, which it was not perfect. Um, for me, right. I think, look, I, I, you know, my Star Wars fandom starts with the original trilogy. So for me, it will mm-hmm. th- those three films will always be at the top of my ranking, which I know a lot of you guys ask for my ranking. It constantly shifts, as does my opinion of what is currently being overrated or underrated. So if you ask me this question next year, I'll have a completely different opinion, I'm sure. Yeah. But we should make a note to do this again. We should. Uh, we should like check in regularly. What is, cur- what is Twitter currently? Are they wrong or right about certain titles? Um, but I right. think like people revere and uh hold up the original trilogy on a pedestal for all things and they judge every new era and every new series to the feeling of all three of those films so much of the mandalorian was steeped in the exact feeling of the world building of return of the jedi of episode six um my uh i I will always have a New Hope and Empire Strikes Back is like my number one and number two. They go back and forth in my ranking. Uh, but usually I will always group Return of the Jedi as like number three. Um, but, sure. and, I, and I still feel that way. I still just love so many of the choices made for that film. However, I think Return of the Jedi, and this is going to piss some people off, I think it just might be more overrated than most other Star Wars titles. Even though I think it yeah. is a great film and I'll always watch it. I will always rewatch this movie. I just think that uh, of that original trilogy, I think most people agree it might be the weakest of the original trilogy, but I think a lot of people will overlook how much it coasts on the yeah. uh, great choices made in A New Hope and, uh, and Empire yeah. Strikes Back. Like it, it really mm-hmm. skews in some strange directions. Uh, it, it like it gives us a great space battle. The Battle of Endor is incredible, and I love how it goes back and yeah. forth between the ground battle and the space battle. Uh, but I think a lot of the dialogue, I think making Leia Luke's sister um, was a strange choice. And uh, mm-hmm. Lucas claims that that was his plan from the beginning, and I just don't buy it. I don't like that. That was the first time in Star Wars, like in Star Wars storytelling, where such and such is revealed to be related to such and such that like mm-hmm. felt really kind of like uh, does everyone have to be related now can't we just be people right. who ran into feel each soap other? opera yeah 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 uh and it forced us yeah. into this weird scenario when he did the prequels where they kind of had to have like oh they're they're twins and they're they have to be separated i just i don't know it 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 felt like it closed off doors uh, rather than opened them uh and i mm. So uh, don't get me wrong. I, I don't, it, this didn't turn me off from the movie permanently. I just think that like, it was one of many uh, unusual choices. Uh, and I think that movie has, like Rise of Skywalker, has amazing design and world building that I will always love and I can't wait to experience with my kids. I just think that there's just some moments where it just skews too much into the world building and not enough into the story and just keeping things simple and honest between the characters. Uh, and we all just overlooked that because otherwise the movie's just so great. And again, it will always be in my top three. I just think uh, people say it is so much better than the prequels. And I don't think it's that much better than the prequels or the sequel trilogy or Rebels or Clone Wars or The Mandalorian or Boba Fett or any of these shows. You know, I, yeah. think, it, I think it's about as good as The Mandalorian season one. Maybe definitely better. Just I think that's awesome. fair. I can, I can remember uh, when they re-released theatrically 
all of the original trilogy ahead of the special editions, I think it was. Like, they were, like, they gave them all... I think they each came out for, like, a month, one after another. In our in, in Rochester, our local uh, news... Rev- our, our, our movie reviewers, this was a great movie reviewer. He, he was really, really good. The only thing is, he was the first... He was my introduction as a kid into the fact that comedies always get reviewed on a harsher scale because he would give, like, no comedy ever got higher than a seven. Like, very rarely that I got... But, so he did A New Hope. A New Hope got a 10. Empire got a 10. And then Jedi got a 9. And I was like, are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah, and then see, I was like, that's oh. my thing. Yeah. It's like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it was like, he was like... Yeah, but he was he was on top of it. He was like, it's still great. It's just not as good as the first two. And like, you know, and whatever that means. So, I, I guess, shout out to Jack Garner in the Rochester Democrat Chronicle. I think it's great for a movie to just kind of exist in... Why not? In, in that world. Hangover and, coasted for, like, four movies. <laughs> and I think if Disney Plus existed back then, if they had an opportunity to explore this in, like, a TV series with a super high budget, I'm sure George Lucas probably would have explored that back then. And he did see that experimentation yeah. in the 80s with the Ewoks movies, right? Like, I think he yeah. wanted to... Mm-hmm. He got really interested in the world, and why wouldn't he? Like, uh, Lucasfilm was probably like, we have all this great stuff. Let's let's explore this world a bit more. And now, just because yeah. of the way the media industry has changed, they can <laughs> give, like, tens of millions of dollars to produce a single episode in a six-episode series. So it's just a different right. world. Um, I, and look, if you ask me this, again, next year, I will have a completely different take on how overrated or underrated uh, um, Return of the Jedi is. But I think what Tommy and I are saying is we're yes. not, like locking in stone any definitive opinions no we're just inviting you right now to maybe be a little less critical of the sequel trilogy or at least the last of the sequel trilogy and maybe give a a more you know scrutinizing eye to the things that you love and maybe determine to yourself why exactly you love them and accept that everything that you love is still flawed and just identify what those flaws are and that way you'll say well they do this other thing so well that it makes me forgive those flaws. And that's part of why I love it. So nothing that you love is universally great. It's just uh, understand what its flaws are. That's right. Um, It doesn't matter. That kind of nuance is gonna go right over people's heads and I'm gonna get yelled at on Twitter. I don't really care. Absolutely. We can't wait. (laughs) Take it out on me, guys. I can handle it. Put it on this big old bare chest. Look at you. You're like that uh, Oklahoma State coach. Uh, talk to me. I'm a man. Don't yell at this little man. boy. I'm 40. This beautiful little boy. Why are you yelling at him? I'm a man. I'm a man. He's just a kid. Well, that is it for this episode of WikiLeaks. Don't forget to check out our many great merch options over at NewRockStarsMerch.com. Follow me at EA Voss. Follow Tommy at Tommy Bechtold. Follow NewRockStars. Subscribe to WikiLeaks wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for joining us. Bye-bye. Goodbye, guys.